Coach Pamela Jenkins, thank you so much for joining us on Clear the Box. We Thanks are for having me. Super excited me. to have you here. So um, for those who don't know, this is Coach Pamela Jenkins, the head women's lacrosse coach at Delaware State University, a proud HBCU. Um, very excited about what you're building at the program and um, just want to speak with you and, and, and find out more about you and, and your vision for the program. So, you know, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. No, I, I you know, followed your career and, and followed what you were doing at Delaware State and, um, you know, me coaching at Hampton, knowing a little bit about um, the great things that you're doing and, and um, some of the challenges that may come um, with what you're doing. But, um, you know, I, I first would like to ask, you know, what when you saw the Delaware State job open, what what made you uh, want to be a part of it? Well, it's always been my goal to want to coach other women that that looked like me because in my playing career and even coaching career, I didn't see too many of us coaching across. So when, when I saw the position, I was like, whoa, like at an HBCU, and I get to like attract women that look like me in an institution where it's acceptable and okay. Yes. Um, so that, that, was the, that was the main thing. And, and I remember my playing days, you know, just playing at, at Howard, uh, playing against Howard, I should say. And um, just, you, you know, it, it wasn't seen as a very competitive game. Like I played at American, it wasn't seen as a competitive game. So to be on that forefront for change, to change that perception was another reason why I wanted to come to Delaware State. Uh, that that brought me back to when I did my first prospect camp at Hampton and there was a mother crying uh, because she said, I can't find my son. It was happy tears. I can't find my son because usually I just look at the legs and all the legs looked like her son. So that just just brought me back to that. So, oh, man. Great experience. I'm sure those were happy tears. Yes, they, they were happy tears. So when you stepped on campus, what was it that got you that said, this is it? This is this is the place I want to be. It felt so comfortable and welcoming. Like it really felt like I was coming home. Uh, everyone was so friendly. They expressed how they wanted the program to be successful, and that you know, if, if I was given the opportunity to be here, that they would have, they would be there to to support us in any way that they can. But just the outpouring of the support, how friendly everyone was, they were going out of their way to come and meet me. Uh, that's what stood out to me. Um, you know, from my experience, it's been the, the, the basketball or the football to kind of get that attention. Yep. So for so many people to take the time out of their busy day to want to meet me and, and express how excited they were for the program and for all the possibilities, it just it spoke volumes, just just meeting so many different people. So that I know that carries over when the kids come on the campus to visit or when the the the, the women are, are just on campus, right? That that home feel, the home away from home, you know they're gonna be taken care of, the professors know your name and and 
make sure you go to class and, and things of Absolutely. that nature. Absolutely. And if, if we're having uh, prospective student athletes on campus and I ask someone to be involved in the itinerary and they can't do it, they're going to bend over backwards to find me someone that can. So, so I love that. If I say I want them to meet in this, someone from this department and see this and see that, um, all of our visits have gone pretty much the way that we wanted to because so many people support us and want these student athletes to feel comfortable when they come on campus. Yes. So it's been a great experience. Yes. So I know when you're applying and you're visiting and in your mind, you're thinking of, of, okay, this is what I want to do with the program and this is where I want to go. Um, and then you get to the program. Did the vision change any or did it kind of, is it kind of going the way you thought? Like, what is your vision for the program? So is it going the way I thought? I would say yes and no. No, mostly because of COVID. Yes. That definitely put a, mon a monkey wrench in, I guess, the trajectory of where I thought that we would be with me going into my fourth year. One thing that I'm super excited about is through it all, who we continue to attract into the program. Uh, I feel like our recruiting classes have, have, they just make me really happy and excited for the years to come. Um, so my vision hasn't changed and my vision for the program is I want us to be ranked. I don't mince my words when I'm telling recruits that that is our vision. You know, I, I, I want us to be ranked. I want us to be successful and I want, young women here who not only want the HBCU experience, but understand that they're playing for something that's just bigger than lacrosse. I, I always have this scenario. I'm like, ladies, it is what it is. We're that dot on the piece of paper. You know, uh, it is what it is. Like we're representing more than just Delaware State lacrosse. It, it comes with heavy shoulders, but you know what? You're here because you can, you can bear the weight and we're going to bear it together. Uh, that is, that is that sounds familiar that <laughs> that sounds and, and and when i say that it sounds like again going to recruiting events and talking to other kids and it seems like kids of color literally have or showing out for all kids of color when yes. they play right and they they have that weight and it's like okay that we can take that baby steps or like you said we can all do it together versus you have to be the one exactly. to do it um, I like the being ranked in, in the competing part. So now when you got there, the work that they put in probably wasn't as hard as the work <laughs> that you, you, you were giving them, right? You, you had to, or you had to ramp them up to a level, I bet. Um, you know, when I got here, especially with that, that first group that I had, they were all in which I love, like they embraced me, embraced what I wanted to do. It was coach, what, whatever we need to do. And, it, and it's been like that, which has been great. Like they want this just as much as I do. Yep. So now it's just putting it all together, staying healthy and just making it happen. But for the most part, they, they've been all in supportive and, and they're like, okay, whatever we have to do, even in the off season, like they're here working hard. You know, I tell them all the time, this is when this is this is how you win championships is in the off season when you have the opportunity to kind of focus on yourself and your own individual skills. And then we all bring it together and it's about us meshing as a collective. But uh, no, I, I mean, 
I, I tell you what, out of all my years of coaching, for me, this was the easiest transition out of all the schools that I've been to. Just with acceptance and getting everyone on board, it, it was there from day one. They embraced me from day one. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you mentioned COVID. Yes. Coaches understand <laughs> what you mean, but I don't think parents and kids understand where there were a lot of restrictions. Um, as I know, I've talked to some coaches in some uh, programs that I was at, they worked in pods where you could only have 10 kids or they, and that's for the year or you know, there, I heard one coach tell me that they had to talk to their AD because they couldn't share balls. And they were saying, well, we picked the ball up with a stick and we stay more than 10 feet apart. We can't just pass and catch. You know what I mean? Like, like there are things like that. And so, you know, COVID hit you guys hard a little bit and, and, and talk to us about that and how that challenge was for you. So the, the great thing for us in kind of that, in the pandemic was that we were, yes, we had that, my first season was canceled, but after that, with our testing and all of our COVID policies, we were able to come back to campus, okay. which I know a lot of people were not. Yep. So the great thing about that is yes, we were, I guess, physically in the same space, but you still have to keep your distance and the team can't really intermingle outside of the lacrosse field. So a lot of the team activities that we used to do, whether it's movie nights or just going to your teammates room, they couldn't do. You know, I, I remember it was my, I think my second year, they all had separate rooms. Mm-hmm. They had individual rooms and just all the things that you don't think about will affect your team chemistry. So they're trying to get to know each other kind of like that separate but equal and trying to overcome some of those barriers and like you mentioned we didn't necessarily have pods but if we we had to make sure that we knew each day who their partners were and have it written down so if anything happened and there was tracing going on that we'd be able to tell the health center who they were around so having to keep that or if we're traveling in a bus you know, it has to be the same, you know, someone that they are in close contact with on a regular basis. So if they didn't have roommates, so it would be okay, who lives next to them? Who do they share a hall bathroom with? So having to get those things. So it's a lot of logistics, Yep. having to figure out on top of just trying to be successful and keeping everybody healthy. Yeah. Um, so it was it was difficult, like, especially for my my first class, at, I think three years ago, like that first class, uh, coming to college under the highest of COVID restrictions. Yes. Um, and I mean, if you think about it, this was actually our, this past season was my first full season at Delaware State that we had. That's in- insane, right? When you, when you look <laughs> right? back, I have a yes. friend that same thing. It's like, he's been there, it's going on his fourth year, but he came in in the spring. So it was like mm-hmm. his first real fall ball. <laughs> right, right. So that, that is, that is, you know, something that people don't think about and even the, the the mental health standpoint i know we talked off camera of if one of your students is does have covid 14 days they're isolated right That's right tough. the toll that takes and then not everyone can get home so you're talking about going to uh the housing that they have designated for covid for covid positive 
people, you know? And so you, now you're, you're isolated and you're away from home and you're in this location for 14 days. So trying to help them stay connected for their own mental health, but then still having to manage the team outside of that on top of that. And then when they get out, all of the steps that they have to take to be able to get back on the field. So it was a lot. It was a lot mentally, I think, on, on everyone. No, I, I, I bet. So you kind of, you know, when you're talking about your team, I can see the smile and, and like the, the energy that you have and you're saying, hey, they're, they're bought in and, and the team dynamic of, you know, trying to keep that together. Um, what do you absolutely love about this team? The sisterhood. And I've never experienced anything like it. So mm. this is my first experience at an HBCU. That unconditional support and love that they have for each other. Like they have each other's back no matter what. And I just, and I love that. Whether it's helping your teammates in school, something as simple as I want my hair braided, I'm gonna go to my teammate and I'm gonna have three or four of my teammates working on my hair at a time because they wanna make sure that I look good, you know? Um, or, hey, let's let's go home or let's let's all go out and have a team dinner or just sit down and we're talking and hearing their conversations. It's not about lacrosse or academics. They could talk about race relations, you know? They could talk about their upbringing and they're around people that understand. And there's just a familiarity um, and just a transparency in our team that I've never experienced. I always say, when I was playing, you almost had to wear two hats. So you had that one hat that you had when you were around your teammates and in this predominantly white area. And then when you were around your friends that weren't on the lacrosse team, you could kind of be your authentic self. Yes. And I am in awe of these women because they can be their authentic selves everywhere they go, whether with the team or not. And I keep telling them, I was like, you all don't understand what a privilege that is that so many others have not had. I was like, that is a very unique experience. Yes, there are. I get phone calls every day of, of, you know, hey, I went to a party and this happened, or I went to in the locker room and this happened, and and like you said, you're you're in a spot where you can be with your sisters, and if something does happen, you can talk it out. Yes, that's the yes. good thing. How many of those mm -hmm. conversations have you had where you just had to sit down in the office and say, all right, let's talk it out? Oh, yeah, all the time. All Part the time. psychologist? <laughs> yeah, all the time. But it's just, it's great because it's just a conversation. It's nothing confrontational. Like, it's just us trying to work it out for the betterment of our sisterhood and to, to make sure that it stays strong. So just having that understanding and being able to hug it out afterwards and squash it and keep going and there's no like holding a grudge or anything so so it's great or just something as small as not having to explain your hairstyle like i love being able to comment my players on their natural hair i'm like man that's beautiful what products did you use i couldn't do that before i, I remember our first lifting session at hampton and i walked in and i saw afros i saw twists i saw braids i saw waves and i was like man this is beautiful like i've never <laughs> no, <laughs> this is interesting 
Like you, like you said, little things that you just don't think of. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, Delaware State, beautiful campus, mm-hmm. beautiful people, great location, um, can get anywhere you want to quick. <laughs> anywhere, <laughs> anywhere you want to quick. Um, which kind of puts you in a, in, a, in a spot to, like you said, your recruiting classes and, and, and do very well quickly. Um, one thing we, we, we've seen in the last year or so with uh, Coach Sanders at Jackson State is the support level and mm-hmm. how he's getting that support to push Jackson State up rather quickly and, and, and helping him bring in the top-level recruits and putting them on the equal playing field. Um, do you feel that you can get that support at Delaware State um, in the future? Well, first off, Deion Sanders, Hall of Famer, like, you know, grew up idolizing this man, right? Like, huge celebrity, famous, knows a lot of people. Correct me if I'm wrong, but his team, when they're traveling, they wear Mike Strahan suits. They do. Looking like looking like a million bucks they every do. time they're about to travel to a game. So, so support, yes, I think absolutely it would help. It would help us. It would help the majority of HBCUs. But when you're talking about someone with Dion's clout, like that's on like a completely different level for what he has been able to do for HBCUs, really putting us on the map with his sort of celebrity status. Like everyone knows who he is, right? So I love what he has done for all HBCUs. And hopefully through this, they'll see what can happen with having more support and that other schools and programs will receive it as well. I've always felt that with just doesn't even have to be Delaware State alums, but HBCU alums, but there being so many, mm-hmm. supporting the program should be easy. Um, and once they start to see what your vision is and, and what's coming along, I, I think that's going to really, really happen. But I also think, again, being in the area that you're in, it should be a great way to support by attendance. Um, you should be able to pull in some, again, I'm just going off of, uh, the area I lived in, um, Philly for a while, I actually lived in Exton, right? Literally a stone's throw from <laughs> Delaware. So <laughs> I've been in Delaware state a lot, but it just seems like you're in a prime spot that your, your program can explode and, and really do something special. Absolutely. And I will say the support that we've received, you know, uh, just with fans coming to our games has been incredible. Um, I don't think I've been someplace where you see a women's lacrosse team kind of fill the stands like we have the ability to do. So it's and it's not just parents, but it is also parents like and parents aren't coming by themselves they're bringing their aunts and cousins and everyone and they all want to see us play and support us any way we can you know so uh it's it's been great it's it's been great to have that support and people wanting to see us whether it's home or away uh you know so it's that's great 
Yeah, I just saw, I think, was it yesterday or the day before, Jovan Miller. Um, he's in Peru climbing a mountain, and he had the Delaware State shirt on. Yes! Which, oh, <laughs> man. We're like, man, we're in Peru wearing our gear and posting pictures. Like, it doesn't get better, better than that. Like, that's that's the utmost of support right there. Like, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've we've discussed you know the, the sisterhood and and we've discussed um you know even even your feeling of of what it's like to play at a you know um not at an HBCU but then come to coach an HBCU and, and feel the difference and mm-hmm. um i i've had a lot of talks with friends about and i'm all about the right fit for your college right um and I've dealt and helped a lot of kids get to college. And a lot of times it is, I want to play lacrosse no matter what. And they get there and the fit's not right. Or I've seen, you know, it not be the right coaching staff or it not be, you know, it could be something where it's like, Hey, this is the big time place, but there's seven all Americans ahead of me sitting sitting right next to me and I could go over to this place that has everything that this place has and, and and be a contributor. And so, um, how do you, and again, in general terms, not for your program, but just in general Mm -hmm. terms, how do we help our kids find the right fit? Well, I think there's several factors to that. Um, I think one with the fact that there are not a lot of coaches of color to tell them about the great things that HBCUs are and bring to the table is one of the reasons. It's just unfamiliar when you're in these predominantly white schools and areas that you've heard a lot about HBCUs. I might have heard of it, but experiencing it is something completely different. Mm -hmm. And that's why when I'm recruiting, I'm always like, you need to come on campus. I, I could talk about it as much as I can, but I'm always like, I need to get you on campus so you can see and feel what I'm talking about. Um, and I think too, just, I think word, word of mouth, just getting out and having more of those who have gone to HBCUs continue to just advocate and share their unique experience. I just feel like we, it's just not talked about enough the opportunity and the experience that you have being around people that look like you. Um, And I feel like once it's an option and people encourage it and see it as kind of a final destination instead of, of kind of settling, I feel like that's when we'll, that's when we'll get there. But I think we've been successful recruiting wise because we're very adamant about early on in the process getting them to campus and then they feel it and they see it and they're like whoa yeah this is this is different you know walking around and seeing other people that look like you or when we're out on the field like yeah we can be silly but we're also going to work hard you know so them seeing that too hearing music that they would also listen to off the field that we're playing in our warm-ups like all those things matter and make a difference no that is that is fantastic and that that that's kind of my goal like i just want to make sure the kids find the right fit 
no matter, you know, hey, if you want to be a, uh, an artist, well, don't go to engineering school. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's, <laughs> let, right. let's start working and, and narrowing this down and help you out a little bit. But no. Um, so my last question for you, um, I always think back to, and I love, I ask all coaches this. I think back to my first year of coaching. Um, I was coaching my team up and they weren't getting something. And I was coaching like my mentors. I wasn't me. And I remember um, coming home, sitting down like, man, why is this working? Man? My mentors did it. It was easy. It was, it was good to go. And it really took me that year and until the summer to find my coaching voice and to find out how to be me, right? Take pieces of other people. Do you remember when you found your coaching voice and found out who you were as a coach? I'll be honest. It wasn't until I came to Delaware State. Mm. Um, I, I feel like up until I came to Dell State that I was just that black female that coached a predominantly white sport. And it's not until I came here where it was, oh, that's Coach Jenkins. That's he had a name and a recognition and student athletes that uh, embraced what I was saying and wanted to go out and execute it and bought into what I was saying. So then it was just like, oh, that, that's what it's kind of my aha moment, right? When you, when you see people that buy in and are listening to you. Um, so it was definitely when I got here and just the support and how they were like, whatever you need, coach, what do we have to do? And then it was like, oh, they're listening to me. They, they want to hear what I have to say and go out and do it. So that makes it on me then, makes me wanna be a better coach so that I'm preparing them the best way that I can so that they can go out and execute on the field and in life. Like we talk about it all, right? I, I talk to them all the time about being a black female in this society and what that means, right? So I, I think being able to share that on, on both fronts helps. And it, it helped me grow and kind of be that coach that I always wanted to be. I can tell you the, the best thing ever is getting those text messages. And, you know, I still get uh, text messages from the kids that I coached at Colby. And it was, I don't even know how many years ago now. I don't even want to think back that far, but it'll be like on New Year's and there's a group text and then, hey coach, remember when this or that? Or or you get the coach from your former player, hey, remember you talked about this? Well, they doing this at my job. So mm -hmm. it, it, it it truly is more than just X's and O's. It truly is. It truly is. Yes. I know you know firsthand. <laughs> well, Coach Jenkins, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for your time. We are definitely going to support you. We cannot wait to watch the team play this year. And I definitely want to get down for practice. And I want to get the, the feel of uh, Delaware State and, and, and see what you're talking about firsthand. Great, great, great. Thanks so much for having me, for doing this podcast, for bringing awareness it's huge. We need we need more of you out there. So just know that coaches like myself appreciate what you're doing and we see you. Keep it up. Oh, thank you so much.